How to Create a Global Social Movement. Today I'm delighted to chat to Michael Kelly, founder of GIY, also known as Grow It Yourself. GIY supports people around the world to live healthier, happier and more sustainable lives by growing some of their own food. Michael has a great story and now he inspires millions of people to grow it yourself. I hope I've whetted your appetite. Enjoy. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to the Self Maker Show. This is your host, Connor Lynch. Hi, Mick. How are you today? I'm good, Connor. How are you? I'm great, thank you. So thanks a million for for to uh, agreeing to have me chat. Um, it's it's lovely to meet you, and um, and I've sunny morning um, in in Waterford. Yeah. So do you want to tell tell uh, people about your background? Yeah, well, I, I like I run um, an organization called GIY, obviously now, um, but um, took a bit of a circuitous route to, to doing that. Um, so I, I worked in IT. I went went to uh, study business in UL and and sort of migrated to Dublin after college and, and worked in an IT uh, company for about 10 years. So I was in, you know, a mix of... Um, Kind of hardware and software systems that we were selling into corporates and stuff like that. So it was kind of um, it's good, good job, you know. Um, and but I think I never really had a passion for it, I guess. Um, and I kind of um, we moved back to Waterford. I was I was kind of my my family are from here originally, and so we moved back here around the mid mid two thousands. Um, I was still kind of working working in IT and basically just had. I, like I guess I was kind of coming up to my thirties or or so, um, and um, just was very like was into food, but not really kind of uh, understanding where it came from or or sort of thinking about that much. And just just generally genuinely had a kind of a road to Damascus moment in a supermarket mm-hmm. one night, um, uh, and just around some garlic I was about to buy. So I was just throwing stuff into the trolley and noticed this garlic was was from China. Um, which really caught my caught my imagination. I suppose the fact that it was China, you know, it wasn't like Spain or France. It yeah. was like it was a bit like what? Why are we why are we importing um, food from China? And I just got really interested in in that whole side of things. Uh, you know, trying to find out why why our imports were so high. And you know, when you when you look into it, really, what you discover is obviously it's it's not it's just the tip of the iceberg. Like there's mm. Um, I think about nearly ninety percent of the fruit and veg we eat in Ireland is is imported still. Um, so it was it was really it was really that sort of thought process that started to get started to get me interested in how food grows and why you know why China why why do we not grow garlic here in Ireland and so on. So I decided to to grow some of my own garlic and I was I was literally the least green fingered person on the planet at that point. You know. Um, still still am arguably uh but i was i was like i was determined to try and grow some garlic and and started with that and it's actually a really it's a really um simple veg to grow in some ways because you're you're literally taking a bulb of garlic and breaking Mm. breaking it up you know and then planting 
each clove goes into the ground um underneath the underneath the soil um and and each of the cloves turns into a bulb like it's a really it's a really sort of simple sort of process yeah. you know um nice. so i started with that and was just completely smitten by the idea that i could produce food in my own garden it was a really empowering you know to use that awful marketing buzzwords it just mm. just felt it felt amazing to produce food in my own garden and so i just over the next maybe two to three years was just trying to grow basically everything like trying we have we have um about an acre um of a garden here so i was like i'm just going to try try and grow everything and and um and that was really that was really the sort of personal journey i think i think what i started to see then was the sort of impact it was having on my on my own life in terms of my overall diet like even if i was still only growing five percent of or ten percent of what i was eating um i was like the other 90 percent seemed to change you know and so i was yeah. armed with that little bit of knowledge i was i was making different decisions as a consumer and that was very interesting to me and led to led me to to start um giy as an organization in 2008. wow and so did you like run the um, i started experimenting for for a year or two while you had this this the previous it job yeah like it was quite gradual actually um so originally it was just i mean the idea behind giy at the start it was very local like it was a it was a group here in waterford and the idea was just to get together with other other people who were interested in growing food so um it started as a voluntary group i was still working away and um and then it started what 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 changed i think was that um there was about a hundred maybe or or 80 to 100 i suppose people in this giy group in waterford um and we were meeting kind of once a month in the library and we were going to each other's gardens and just just really mm. sort of helping each other along i guess you know the blind leading the blind you could say <laughs> <laughs> um and we were just you know that was fine and then somebody somebody two two other people approached me around the same time to ask could they set up a giy group in their area and that was really the start of like oh, okay hold on now we have to so we kind of started to write down what is a giy group what it's for you know um yeah. and and that was really the start of it and and for the first year it was very it was very still part-time still voluntary for me um and this other guy dave curran we were driving around the country going to sort of driving up to sligo you know set, starting a giy group up there and then and then um driving home again and getting back to work and stuff like a mad year and then in 2009 so around september 2009 we started to attract some funding like apply for and attract funding grants and things and over the next number of years it went from you know starting to work it got so busy like it just completely exploded and so it was like started to work part-time on it and then full-time and then other people mm. joined the team and so on and it, it grew over time Great. Maybe it was a social entrepreneurs, was it? Maybe something like that. I might have spotted um, uh, an early funding or an early grant that you got. Perhaps yeah. Yeah. And that was really pivotal, actually. And the first grant I got from Social Entrepreneurs Ireland was, I think it was like five grand or something. Like it was a tiny amount of money. But um, I suppose more important than the money was just being plugged into this idea of what what is a social entrepreneur. Because I think you know we probably would have gone down the charity route originally you know just like that's what most 
you know organizations do i suppose but it seemed to me there was this alternative which was that you know a social enterprise is kind of somewhere between a commercial entity and a and a charity where you're you're trading you're selling you know products and services um but really you're 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 reinvesting any surpluses or into the mission you know so it's so it's not for profit legally um which i just found very interesting and so that that that's really informed our approach ever since in the in the 12 years sort of since then you know brilliant so the so as a social enterprise then you started um there's more of these groups setting up around the country maybe to fast forward through the some of the some of the highlights uh to where you are now yeah i i I think like the second phase so these groups were sort of starting everywhere and we were we we got good we got a sort of efficient at, at doing that obviously um and then i think over time um i just got a bit frustrated at the pay you know like we always sort of saw ourselves as as working at the in the um, sustainability space you know that what we were doing was about helping people to to grow some of their own food but with a point like it wasn't it wasn't a gardening activity it was like the idea the reason we're doing this is to give people what we called food empathy which is like a a better connection with food a better understanding of how food works and so on that leads them to make more you know healthier and more sustainable choices in their own lives and that's you know we've done research on to sort of to prove that point i suppose but i think i think so we see ourselves as working in that space and obviously the food the problems that the food chain causes globally are absolutely huge you know one of the biggest contributors to climate change um as as a system and so we felt you know we just need to do this as as big a scale as possible and so um i was kind of frustrated with the pace of change from the goi groups they were they were an amazing kind of foundation and still are um to our work and and kind of links us into the community but we felt we needed to do much more much quick much quicker and so we started quite early on actually i'd say maybe two three years in we partnered with innocent to do a big a big um uh schools growing program um you know which obviously partnering with a huge brand like that allowed us to to sort of you know really really explode out our scale and and actually eventually we went into the uk with them so we're you know reaching about 5000 schools so so that sort of that campaign layer of what we did i um i think became very important when um ran you know a, a program in secondary schools partnering with Cully and Sully uh we do a big community growing program with um with energia um over the last i think 3 to 4 years and and you know even this year we're doing a big program with the government actually with healthy ireland called grow it forward so so i suppose that's really that layer i guess is really important to us and um, and then the final thing was i think i think we felt we were like a movement without a home a little bit and without without a test case or or mm. a um a working case study that we could show people and so around 2015 we started hatching a plan for what what became grow hq which is a a physical center here in waterford um um so the the council here gave us a 3 acre site um just a field at the time and we basically developed it into into a you know a, a restaurant and a shop and um place where we could bring people and you know grow all the veg for the restaurant and they could come and eat and learn and and 
engage with the idea of 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 food growing and so that opened in 2018 um and then i suppose the the more recent thing is the sort of mass market communication side of it so we 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 have a TV series which we've we were lucky enough to to produce and present with with RTE myself and Karen, and um, that's gone out now on to Amazon Prime worldwide and so on. So I suppose we really see the TV side of it as an opportunity to kind of reach people at a you know a pretty vast sort of global audience potentially, um, and that's that's very exciting for us as well. That's that's phenomenal, it's brilliant. Uh, so many, so many great, great successes there. So, um, you've probably done a lot of research in this, and be a great man to ask about. Uh, what's the difference, say, like between a community and a movement, or how do they, how do they work together, or how did you know you really have jumped from these small groups to a, a real powerful movement? Obviously, you've got. Um, you know the the icons and the you got the great vision etc but let me tell me a bit about how how would somebody um go on that journey um i like i think fundamentally yeah like when we started it was a very community focused organization i think i think the transition into a movement came about through our through our campaigns um and you know i think i think i think we feel i i suppose my sense of it was the community was was ironically could be quite closed you know you, you could have very sort of strict rules about what the community is and what mm. what finds it and what's it what's a GIY group and um, you know does it have to do this and that like originally I remember us tying ourselves in knots writing constitutions for GIY groups and they had to sign forms to say they were aligned mm. to us and and I think I think it, at some point it dawned that you know you're actually putting barriers in place to 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 the to the mission you know if if you go down that route and so we just we just did the etch a sketch sort of approach and started again and just said look let's completely open this up because i guess like we work in we work in uh, running projects in communities community gardens um schools workplaces you know supporting people to grow food at home um and every every person you know, regardless of where they're growing, is is equally valuable to us as a, as a GIYer. You know, like so, if you're sitting in Facebook, um, taking part in our in one of our corporate growing programs, or you're, you know, in a community garden in Fibsburg, you know, doing your thing there, or growing at home on a on a balcony, hmm. it doesn't matter to us. Like it's an equal opportunities um, opportunity. Uh, so I think. We're just trying to keep it as accessible and open as possible, and 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 that's a sort of slightly scary, risky approach, you know, like mm. sort of IP perspective and legally and all of that. But it's 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 I think ultimately way more successful in terms of getting getting people growing, which is the which is the reason we're doing it, you know. Yeah, well, that's 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 fantastic. Um, I read on your website that you will probably impact uh, one million people in twenty twenty one. Is that is how is that figure made up, and is that like a lot of Irish, and then into the UK, or where's where's that, yeah, where that like a, a huge um, huge part of it is is our schools program with with Innocent the big the big grow, so that's that's probably about half that figure, I think. Um, so it's 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 made up of um, you know all of the different programs and campaigns that we run. So the big grow with Innocent. Um, Get Ireland growing with energy. Grow it forward. Obviously, this year is going to be a very uh, it's going to be a huge program, 
Um, so it's it's literally it's literally an estimate, uh, pretty accurate generally of how many people will take part in a yeah. in a GIY program, um, and it doesn't include like the TV audience and so on, yeah. which would be a much bigger a bigger number yeah. obviously. So um, yeah, I mean we're 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 all about scale. Like that's that's the that's the approach. Get to as many people as we possibly can, um, um, and. You know, I think I think that um, ultimately the the urgency of climate change and the scale of the problem demands that. You know, yeah, they're they're amazing figures. So it's it's a it's a huge credit to yourself and the team. Um, so who who works with you now? So you start off on your own, and um, who's involved in the team? How many people are involved day to day? Whether it's full time or part time, etc. Yeah, so we we employ uh, twenty nine people at the moment. It's it's. Um, Ironically, we're growing and and uh, contracting at the same time currently. As I was saying, you know, we've it's it's hugely busy on the campaigns and program side of things. So we're scaling out. We've we've hired I think four or five people since Christmas. Um, whereas in Grow HQ, obviously, which is a food and beverage business, somebody somebody thought that was a good idea uh, pre pre pandemic. You know. Um, it's obviously been complete carnage for the hospitality sector and we've been we've been part of that so we've lost a lot of really good people in grow hq unfortunately to to you know to layoffs um but that will hopefully come back before too long so 29 people um the 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 leadership team um i've got three amazing um colleagues on that team shona's our shona dubois she's our director of um operations and has been with us a long a long time karen who's co-presents tv shows director of development and barry uh, flynn is our director of comms um and then we've uh, an amazing voluntary board as well uh nine nine directors who give their time um very freely to us and um amazing group of people um you know from all sorts of different industries and skill sets that have joined the the journey over time great so obviously, you, obviously, you move from um, employee to little side hustler into self-employed now employer. How have you um, adapted and grown and done such an amazing job on that journey? Because where you are now is really not where you kind of were trained or would have been um, maybe imagined where you'd end up. So how did you? Yeah. How did how did you learn and self-study perhaps to do to get to where you are now? Yeah, it's a great question because I mean this, the way I've talked about it, I suppose it sounds like very linear growth and uh, everything yeah. shiny happy all the time, and it's not like that at all. Um, yeah. I mean, there's been lots of mistakes and challenges along the way. Um, I think that um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a very interesting journey that that a founder of a of of a social enterprise has to go through. I think, which is to become. An employee. I mean, you 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 talked about me as an employer, which I suppose I am in one sense, but I'm also just employed by the by the organization. Um, so there's a sort of a giving giving over control at some point that has to happen as part of that creating that structure as a social enterprise. You effectively give control to 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 the voluntary board of directors who could fire me potentially yeah. tomorrow if they're not happy <laughs> uh you'd hope they won't you know but that's 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 an interesting part of the journey i think for sure um and then yeah i mean i've been learning on the hoof um connor to be honest for for all of that 12 years to get to go from being 
you know the in some ways having the idea is the easy part you know the 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 trickier part is making it work and giving it longevity and and a structure and a um a sustainable financial model and all of that that's the really tricky bit so for me to learn as a ceo on on the go has been a huge part of the challenge and the sleepless nights and and um continues to be an odd mix of you know in every day amazing things like i was just thinking about this yesterday i was on like we were recording our um at filming at grow hq in the afternoon which is something i just love because it's back to that original you know teaching people how to grow food um you know doing media work on 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 uh with rte yesterday talking about grow it forward and and then you know balance all that fun sexy stuff with like loads of mundane you know governance and um starting work on our annual report and all of that so it's a really it's it's a very interesting mix but like the the ceo stuff doesn't necessarily come as come as naturally to me and it's something i've had to had to really learn um there hasn't been much formal training I'll, i'll have to be honest it's it's mainly I'm really lucky to be part of a network of social entrepreneurs through through obviously SEI through also through Ashoka, which is a global a global network, and just just being as much of a sponge as I can and learning from from them and loads of guidance from from my board and also surrounding myself with amazing amazing colleagues like who do who do all the hard work really. Yes, yeah, so you've obviously very um very open to new ideas and and, and learning and sponge uh, for all of that is there any um any books or podcasts or videos or um people that that you have learned a lot from say um over the years yeah i mean i i think that um yeah i mean i i like i think that i've i've um I'm just trying to think of it, but the the main kind of podcasts I do I do love Guy Raz and how I built this the podcast I think you know just the there's such a commonality to all the stories of the you know entrepreneurs who create created and built such big you know big things and I always get very inspired by that. Um, more lately, I'm really into Brene Brown, so she's two two podcasts there to lead and um, Unlocking Us, which are both really really good. So. Um, yeah like anytime i'm out for a walk or a run or whatever i'm i'm generally generally kind of recharging with with a good podcast you know great great and any any books do you um do you Um, business books nonfiction? i'm 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 not so much into i mean i have i i was very inspired by um we we i met um there's a, an amazing, amazing food business in Ann Arbor, Michigan called Zingerman's. And I've been lucky enough to meet the founder who's written, you know, something like 15 books or something insane. So I've read, read a lot about them and their, their approach to sort of food service and the ethos of, of food and so on. I'm very interested in everything, anything by Dan Barber, you know, the, the chef in New York. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, also, just just the sort of probably the the bedside table business book that I pick up sort of over and over over the years is um, a book called Synchronicity uh, by Joseph Jaworski, which is just you know just just a sort of almost semi business semi spiritual mm. guide that I just find really intriguing. You know that idea and the idea of service leadership and all of that. You know, yeah, great. Well, there's some some great tips for uh, for me to have a look at. Um, 
So then, so within GIY, so obviously it's, it's evolved a lot. What kind of revenue, so there's kind of revenue streams and products and kind of just, I know you do campaigns, et cetera. So maybe a little bit about um, how you guys make, are making some money nowadays. Yeah, well, I, I think at the start, we were very reliant on grant, on grants, you know, philanthropic grants. Um, um, and, and, and I suppose we still are reliant on grants, but they're more, more about grants for service as opposed to sort of supporting startup type grants. Um, and obviously then our corporate partnerships are, are very important to us. Those big, big ticket sort of sponsorship partnerships, um, like Innocent and Energia, um, you know, really, really, really important to us. Um, I think more, more lately we've obviously the last sort of maybe five to six years in particular, we've been, we've been trying to ensure that we have, you know, a sustainable financial model and, and that that's within our own remit, if that makes sense, you know, that we can go out and go out and earn, which um, I think is the, the classic sort of social enterprise model. So, um, you know, we've 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 worked very hard at a retail. Um, you know, putting putting retail products in space. So every, everything you need to grow food from, like the seeds, the books. Um, we've we've a, um, a product range called Growbox, which is um, you know almost like the perfect social enterprise product. I think, and that it's like income and impact at the same time. It's like helping people to grow food making sure they have a successful experience with it and then obviously generating income. So that's, that's working very well, actually. Yeah. Particularly since pandemic, the pandemic started, obviously people are, are really buying into that. Um, and then more recently into the sort of, into the digital space, obviously um, it was, it was always part of the plan. I think it was accelerated by COVID. Um, um, so we've got online courses in growing that, that we charge for. Uh, so there's some free, content up there as well but it's it's increasingly i think we're trying to you know charge a relatively small amount like we've got a we've got a kind of price point of around 30 euro which is which is to keep it keep it accessible we don't want to be making it too exclusive um uh so that's working really well mm -hmm. we've an app which we've launched recently which is you know was a huge body of work for for our team um there, there's no there's no revenue model associated with that just yet. It's really about getting it out there as broadly as possible. I think then down the line there's there's potential, obviously. Um and then also looking at we have our own podcast um mm. uh starting uh in in the late spring, which will be, you know, again, I suppose I suppose the podcast and the app and the mm. TV series, they're sort of the top of the funnel, if you know what I yeah. mean, about getting as many people as we can in and then you know, hopefully um, encouraging people to buy products from us on, on the way down that funnel that will support mm. them to grow food. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Grow HQ in its own right is when it's open is, is, um, was, was very successful. We were cafe, cafe of the year in, in 2020 um, at the start of 2020 before everything went pear shaped and uh, you know, it does very well normally a very challenging yeah. business to run obviously or any, any restaurant, but yeah, uh, doing doing very well in in the good times hopefully which be back yeah, yeah uh, and the 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 boxes yeah the grow boxes i thought they were they're very very impressive lovely design so the the whole e-commerce um and uh, looked looks great very attractive and I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll do great what are the uh, maybe just to kind of to wrap up now shortly what are the uh 
the, the plans, the, the maybe the long and short term plans for for GIY? Yeah, well, um, I like I think speaking to the the sort of the urgency of climate change, like the UN um, have 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 made this the decade of action for climate change, and and I think coming into coming into that, we were very conscious, I suppose, of what what role we could play in that, and setting ourselves a, a ten year goal, um, and you know we're reaching sort of an audience of of maybe two and a half million people a year and, and engaging, you know, directly with about a million of them. Um, so we felt, you know, to really, we, we wanted to really sort of push ourselves. So we set ourselves a goal of reaching a hundred million uh, GI wires over the, over that 10 year period, which is like, it's a ridiculous goal. I always have to caveat it when I talk <laughs> about it by saying, I know it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. But you know, it's a, it's a sort of a moonshot, and and now we have to figure out how to do, how to get to the moon. You know, so we're yeah. very di- we're very deep into planning to sort of figure figure that out. I think I think it means a lot more work in the UK and the US, um, and and figuring out which of the bits of the of the the you know the pie that we have um, can we take to other territories. And I think retail and digital are the two the two mm. obvious. Um, and obviously, you know, the TV series being on Amazon Prime now is a, is a, is another example where you can kind of really really scale out your impact globally with that kind of work. So I think I think the media side of it and mm. that kind of mass market communication is is a hugely important part of that. You know, um, yeah. and then partnering as well. Like we're part of a European network with Ashoka focused on biodiversity and climate change. So I think working with other organisations as well to to achieve you know the the bigger goal i think is hugely important for us as well yeah that's a that's a, a amazing moonshot big hairy audacious goal you know the b hag yeah yeah um, if you're, so that's um that's amazing and how how maybe how are you um going to have to adapt as well now just to to try and line up and uh, and go give it your best shot at that at a goal like that yeah, it's it's an interesting question because I think we we'll have to be a very different organization to achieve it, and and so like organizationally, I suppose you have to. We're we're at that interesting stage where it feels like we're straining at the at at the edges of our of our structure currently. You know, um, like we hired a, um, a finance manager last year. Up to up to now, we always had an external accountant and. There's mutterings that we need yeah. a HR manager next, and and so on. You know, so it's yeah. it's it's the classic growth of any organization, I guess that we're that we're in, and that will continue. So I think I think it's it's for for me to sort of figure out where my role sits in in all of that as CEO. It's 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 um it's it's less doing and more more like work working sort of on the business rather than in it. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah that's a challenge for me as well I think um as it always has been but as long as I can sort of retain the elements that that are really you know the, the kind of the teaching and the creative aspect of it that I love you know writing writing the books occasionally and get out from yeah. behind the CEO desk to do that kind of stuff I think I'd be happy enough yeah I think you're doing amazing it's an amazing job and it's um, obviously creating the vision and bringing good people around you and then attracting more good people and just dip maybe good people with different skills and um i think it's it's a fantastic success story it's amazing job very very impressive um, i 
It's been fantastic talking to you, Michael. Is there anything um, else you'd like to add or to cover off for anybody who's out there who's thinking of setting something up on their own or you know, a, ma a maker, a doer? Yeah, like, I mean, I think I'd just say to people, just go for it. You know, I, I, I think it's, it's easy. It's easy now looking back. But I remember at the time leaving, leaving IT, leaving a really good salary, like to, to do this. <laughs> um, I mean, the salary is OK now, but for a long time there, it was pretty abysmal, you know. Um, and so, um, like, it's a big it's a big leap into the unknown, but it's such a privilege to get to work on something you're passionate about. Like it never you know, pe people like often ask, you know, how, like how many hours a week do you work or how long do you work or how hard do you work or whatever. And it doesn't, it, it's not that it doesn't feel like work or have moments where it's just really like just does feel like work. But like, it's just all just feels like my, my kind of day, my my working life and my life life are just one and the same. You know, I I yeah. I spent the weekend out in the veg garden, you know, growing, <laughs> growing veg. So it's like, it's all part of the one whole and that's like that's an extraordinary privilege to work at something that i feel i'm pretty good at and that i that i love and that the world needs and that yeah. um i can i can earn a decent wage from i think is it's an extraordinary privilege so if you have that opportunity ever yeah just grab it with both hands you know life yeah. is life is short yeah Brilliant. Well, it's, I thank you so much for your time, Mike. Um, it's been you've been very generous with your time. It's um, it's an amazing success story, and I'm sure it'll go on and on and on, and hopefully hit the hit those moonshots. But um, thank you much. Thank you so much for your time, and hopefully we talk again very soon. Thanks, million, Connor. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Michael, and make sure you subscribe for future episodes. As we want to help you achieve self-made career success. Go to selfmakers.com to access some free career planning tools. Bye for now.